Hey Manik, uh, welcome to the show. It's uh, great to have you here. So I want to start our conversation with, uh, for the audiences who don't know about Omnify, what is Omnify? Sure. Uh, a pleasure uh, to be here, Natraj. Um, and um, happy to obviously share our journey as well. Uh, to start with Omnify, today we are a, what we call a service e-commerce platform, right? So we uh, work with um, service businesses across, uh, especially in recreation, sports, fitness, activity segment. And uh, basically what Shopify does for uh, product e-commerce, right? We do something similar for uh, service e-commerce. So help them sell their services online. Uh, with that, manage their scheduling, customers, uh, all their uh, internal communication all in one place. Uh, so is it fair to say it's a CRM system for uh, service businesses? Yeah, so um, we, uh, you know, uh, what we saw as a problem was that um, softwares have been put into the, these categories, right? And mm-hmm. of course, software started as a vertical uh, solution, right, for enterprises. So it made sense. Or it came from its predecessors of uh, ERPs, right? So Yeah, yeah. So, but for small businesses, generally the challenge is that, you know, CRM is one thing that you need, right? So fundamentally as a small business, what do you need? You need a a CRM, right? To manage your customer data. You need uh, today uh, with that, what you need is a digital interface that your customers expect to interact with, right? Uh, For every business, what we call the uh, Uberification of, of services, right? So, what Uber did was uh, people don't want to call for a cab, right? And and you just press a button to, to get a service that you need. And it's sort of trickling down into other services. And, uh, uh, and what we saw was every business more or less is shifting, having their, whether it's the website or a mobile app, a way for the customers to interact, whether it's buying the services, booking the services, or just managing, uh, you know, their accounts with the business, right? So that that digital interface uh, becomes a critical piece uh, between the uh, business and the customer, right? Uh, so your CRM, your digital interface. So with that, you need payment gateway. You need, uh, you know, so your your all your customer data, uh, all your uh, business workflows. Uh, on the back end, everything uh, sort of need to be aligned, right? So we we look at our software as more of a platform for these businesses to, uh, you know, instead of getting five different softwares, trying to figure out how do you uh, patch it together, make a workflow. We built a whole software that goes from your, um, you know, back end to your customers, how they interact, right? So CRM is a part of it. Um, on top of that, you get your, uh, you know, your websites run on us, your uh, booking system, payments, um, you know, literally your your staff schedules, everything is is uh, runs on Omnify. So, uh, who's your primary customer? Uh, like, uh, who's your core customer that you're uh, currently targeting towards? So, um, so over the years, you know, because what we're really building uh, goes across a lot of segments. Uh, definitely, if you look at within within this, uh, you know, services space, uh, uh, you know, fitness would be uh, one of the uh, segments where there, there are enough uh, softwares, right? Or maybe wellness as well, like spas and stuff. They're still 
uh, SaaS solutions out there. But they're like literally hundred other categories that do not have a software built for their category, right? Mm. So, um, but um, interestingly, a lot of them have similar problems, right? So, uh, for all, scheduling is a problem, right? Uh, and and selling online means you you can't sell what you can't schedule right scheduling is like your inventory right so without inventory management how do you sell online so um so this your selling scheduling and customer communication needs to work together right that's how uh, your whole workflow would would uh, literally work right and and so we bring that together and uh, and it's flexible and configurable uh, enough for you to set it up the way you run your business so right and and what we've seen is especially when it comes to small businesses is is it doesn't have a, a format right so you have uh, you can have same businesses operating very differently uh, while different businesses in different categories who operate very similarly right mm. so, so how do you cater to that right so if we go only category specific then we eventually uh, you know, we, we end up building another solution for the larger categories, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's more consolidated, but that there are already solutions for that, right? But within yeah. that segments like fitness and wellness, also there, the smaller uh, uh, new age businesses gets left out because they are in their model doesn't fit into the fitness, uh, you know, uh, traditional model, right? So, uh, so those kind of things. So what, how we look at our category is more of, uh, we have a few use cases on how you can sell, how you can schedule, right? As long as you fit into that, it works for us. Mm. Uh, you, can, you can leverage our software well, right? Mm. Uh, saying that uh, today with the with the kind of a feature set uh, that we have, uh, I, I would probably say um, some of the categories that work really well for us is uh, recreation, uh, sports coaching, uh, and um, uh, fitness, of course. Um, with uh, with that, uh, we also um, uh, with it and recreation is a big space, right? So within recreation, we work from uh, you know small kids activity businesses to um, um, all the way to um, recreation departments of, of a few cities, right? Uh, for their rec centers. So so it's it's still wide enough from a customer standpoint, from size and. Uh, and as long as they have uh, heavy operations on scheduling with the customers, they are looking to go digitize the business and put this digital interface uh, for the customers and sell online. It's definitely, that's where Omnify provides value. So we, we really don't go very focused on category, but uh, these are the broad categories that work. Omnify works really well for. Hmm. And, and sort of uh, focus our efforts uh, towards those more. Yeah, when I actually first saw Omnify, uh, one of the uh, thoughts that entered my mind is, I mean, if you look at Shopify, right? Shopify, before Shopify, we had WordPress. You could technically do most of the things you could do on Shopify uh, using WordPress, but it's it's a hodgepodge mixture of, you know, multiple plugins and there's a setup cost, there's an education cost. But when Shopify came into the picture, you can basically say out of the box, you just log in, you have the store right there. So when I saw Omnify, it sort of gave me the same feeling that, hey, you can accomplish a lot of things with something like a WordPress or, you know, some other tool that are out there. But if you just pick a specific use case of fitness or recreation, uh, okay, Omnify has this 
specific solution and you can just uh, you know grab and run from there is is that a fair assessment right right absolutely i, I think that's that's one of the ways uh, we would already always looked at our, our, our offering uh, and uh, definitely i think uh, we we really really focus on an integrated experience right and and that's where uh, you know for a small business uh, the biggest challenge see globally there, there's a whole shift on digitization right yeah what it means is uh, what probably started with the dot com era where everybody wanted a, a domain name right or a, web, a static website right today mm-hmm. what that really means is your business is operating online uh, in the sense your operations are online you're managing cloud based software to manage your business uh, internally um, your your crms are online right and yeah. your uh, your uh, website uh, is no more a static website it it becomes an interface where your customers are buying online and interacting with your business online right mm-hmm. and of course and with this there is a set of businesses that deliver services also online through zoom right mm-hmm. so um, so the, the, this digitization is sort of uh, uh, the biggest barrier to this is um, for businesses is as a small business if you have to first figure out a solution with multiple softwares right every software takes no matter how simple you build it it takes a little it, there's a learning curve right so you yeah. go through the learning curves of multiple softwares and then uh, try and figure out how each one should fit in with uh, you know the other one you literally need consultants to help you with that right mm-hmm. of course uh, products like zapier help yeah. zapier but but still it takes literally uh, i mean everybody can't do it right it it uh, it, it narrows down uh, the kind of people who can actually uh, afford time effort and and uh, resources to do that yeah and that it leaves out the you know big portion of uh, businesses that are not able to go dig- uh, digitize the, uh, their whole business because there's something that will be left out mm-hmm. right so um, if you put uh, a payment gateway on your website but you're literally managing everything on excel sheets yeah it, doesn't make a difference in your uh, business right it's, it's just a way to okay you simplified one problem of taking payments but you know it adds to another problem of managing and mapping those payments to something right yeah, yeah. so so, uh, so the workflows become key right and the unless you bring the whole business online your workflows won't work and and for that you need an integrated solution right and mm-hmm. and that's where we believe where we can really have an impact where uh, we're trying to build uh, omnify as a solution for anyone literally to go online right especially you know after uh, the pandemic uh, uh, there are a lot of people out of jobs and at the end of the day uh, and and obviously it will be boomed uh, in some ways to micro entrepreneurship right and mm-hmm. and it will all start with people offering services yeah, right yeah and of course everybody can't build products and and manufacture products and sell products right so yeah. it'll come to a large portion of people getting into services and um, whatever teach online whatever you know go through a course train you know mm-hmm. uh, so all of that they'll need a solution right so we're, we're really building omnify from that perspective where anybody uh, should be able to set up themselves, uh, have everything up and running uh, across what they need, right? The most important pieces, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
it helps them really digitize the business and uh, provide this digital interface for the customers. Taking a step back, uh, can, can you talk about how Omnify started and like how, how was your journey been till, you know, 2020? <laughs> so um, it's, it's um, I'll, I'll try and keep it short because our journey has been long enough. In fact, I just realized I'm, I'm sort of com- this January, I'll be completing about 10 years of uh, a personal entrepreneurship journey. Right. And, uh, and over, over these uh, 10 years, right. I've, I've gone from not understanding what to do and, and I'll probably run through it fast enough uh, just to give a sense of it. Uh, the first business I started was uh, right after my uh, master's and um, I, uh, that was more of like a, I wanted to build actually build like a social network uh, kind of solution for sports, mm-hmm. right? Where you can find people to play with, uh, uh, find places to play at, book those places and things like that, right? Um, and of course, it came from a personal problem when I was uh, studying in England um, where I couldn't, I used to play football. I couldn't really, you know, I was new to the ecosystem. So for me, it was like a challenge to find either people or places. I didn't know anything, right? So, so somewhere it was uh, something that I really felt uh, uh, that uh, that I wanted to do. Um, but I, I had no clue. Uh, this was back in uh, 2010, uh, 2011, early, uh, that I didn't know where to start. So I was like, okay, let let me start by starting a sports. Uh, business right so we i started a local league uh, in, uh, when, uh, in new delhi right and that was that was the time i spent from 2011 to 12 was more of actually figuring out uh, you know trying to uh, run a local sports business um, amateurs uh, and uh, understand the challenges um, i thought will will We'll sort of scale up revenues and maybe start working on building something and eventually we realized it's so hard uh, to actually do that um, um, by 2012 i um, you know i've quit that and i started something where um, you know I, where like okay let's build build a product right so by mm-hmm. end of 2012 i started working on building something uh, again uh, towards the same social sports uh, uh, platform and um, for, by 2013 uh, so 2013 I moved to uh, Bangalore where I got um, you know got into like a accelerator program again accelerators were new in in India at that time mm-hmm. so we uh, were part of uh, an accelerator where we were like the batch zero right their experimental yeah. batch <laughs> Uh, but it was a good time because, uh, you know, as, as a, uh, I was a single founder then. So, you know, you just need that push to mm-hmm. like some validation to work on it. So 2013, I actually, uh, you know, I, I um, from 12 to 13, I had uh, a couple of guys built out the product, uh, first version of that more like a league management uh, software. Right. So we started mm-hmm. with that a uh, little bit of social bits to it but more like uh, you know you can um, uh, you can basically as a player you can uh, register your teams on the platform you can 
uh, be part of these leagues. Um, so there's a league management for the league uh, organizer, and you track your performances across mm-hmm. what you're doing for the local uh, ecosystem. Uh, so very exciting time. So 2013 was sort of uh, going through that phase to launching it, uh, trying to uh, work and understand. Um, and uh, during that time, I met my co-founder, uh, Kavandi, right? So we, um, uh, she, um, have, you know, is a good time. We also are part of uh, another program uh, with NASCOM. And um, so sort of had the ecosystem support in, in Bangalore, for sure, right? Where we, we had, we, we didn't really have to pay for an office, uh, had a fantastic set of uh, peer group, uh, other entrepreneurs around us. And literally uh, we were uh, at these uh, accelerator or incubators, uh, you know, more or less around the clock, right? Mm-hmm. And you're just focused on doing this. Um, so, but with our first product, uh, what we really realized was uh, it's super hard to scale, right? So we, we were very excited. People were very excited to use it. Uh, of course, everybody, you know, uh, there's nothing like this uh, for local sports. Um, was it a mobile app or, uh, or a website at that point? It was uh, web-based at that time. So it had a, um, you know, a, a business site for the league manager. Mm-hmm. So you can track literally uh, if you're part of a league, uh, you can go to the league manager and say, oh, wh- when is my next match? So it's a hopeful scheduling, your tracking performances, uh, scores, everything. Right. And, and, um, and uh, there was a, uh, the each as an individual player, I can track it across leagues that I'm playing through the year. Mm-hmm. Right. So that was the goal, but we, we really um, saw that, it, it's so hard to scale because everything, uh, I mean, how do we, we realize the value of uh, customer acquisition or user acquisition, right? And yeah, for us, yeah. it was literally uh, doing that user acquisition on ground, right? Because there was no platform where you can find these players, mm. right? How do you uh, do that? So we, we took an approach of, uh, okay, uh, let's try it with league organizers that every league you onboard, say uh, 500,000 players, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, but it was still very on ground and, and it felt like it would take forever for us to scale. And this was just one sport. We started with football. Yeah. And like, if you have to go across another sport, we have to start from scratch in the same city. When we go to another city, we have to start from scratch for all sports. Yeah. So, uh, it it uh, that, that was a problem where a network effect was very uh, localized, hmm. right? And uh, so scale would be a challenge. Um, and and so at that point, we sort of pivoted like, okay, maybe uh, we also realized a, a couple of things where uh, while it was great for the end users, the league organizer for them, it was a good to have, right? Hmm. For them, the biggest pain point was getting registrations. Yeah. So uh, good thing was we had built a will build a enough uh, customer base uh, where we would send out you know these SMSs whenever some a new league came on board, mm-hmm. right? So they get registration immediately. So they were literally and we were charging them from day one. We were charging like I think 10, 12 percent of the entry fee mm-hmm. um, 
to be part of the platform and they had to use the full platform yeah it's like uh, the league organizers were, were signing up to get the registrations hmm. while having a good to have as a league management tracking and all that right while yeah. players really liked it so model was sort of something that would work but they're like okay we're not really solving the pain point for the league organizer hmm and that's where um, we like okay um, maybe and uh, during that time there were other challenges like how do you take payments right literally you have to go across town to collect fees right uh, and simple things like having your website as a local uh, uh, you know uh, sports organizer um, um, having a payment gateway um that itself was a challenge only way to do it was through say an event right or third party um 2013 even sounds like a you know like 20 years ago or something currently in internet time yeah absolutely and uh, and that's where uh, we thought okay let's uh, simplify it a bit let's just focus on giving uh, as a, a any local sports activity provider uh, let them set up their website uh, and payment gateway with ticketing a uh, built in in mm-hmm. make it instant um, you know uh, it it will solve at least one problem well right and um, uh, and that time uh, you know it was a time when getting a payment gateway meant a ton of paperwork you had to pay like uh, a, f- a set of fee and you know uh, what not and then integration was a pain mm. so we, we didn't have we, upi back then nothing so uh, so we and there was a time when paytm was a payment gateway yeah. right so um so we we uh, so th- that was the first thing where we at least saw the value where anything out of the box was like literally you uh, go online sign up and you can set up your website and uh, with event ticketing mm-hmm. and payment Right. Is, is this the same time you scrapped and you know uh, because your product was uh, not scaling well and restarted it? Yes, absolutely. So that was uh, that was the first time we like we spent like months, uh, you know, more than actually uh, six eight months to build something, uh, take something to market and completely scrap it. Hmm. And we built uh, another product. uh we also try to change the stack uh, you know build, build a more like a single page app on some uh, new framework mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh so uh, good thing was uh, that sort of uh, built the seed for the kind of simplicity what we wanted to bring in to a platform but uh, we were targeting uh, wrong segment we were working the most of the activity and sports organizers um, you know locally uh, at that time what we were targeting mm-hmm. uh, i mean for them they're all seasonal businesses um uh, and again you know at the end of the day they it all came down to the core problem the biggest problem was still uh, getting registrations right mm-hmm. and uh, and at that point um, you know we we couldn't find a really good model to charge them because they were they were you know saas wouldn't work right because they can be seasonal they can you know they use it for few months then they're not using and then um, they might not have enough registration then what not right yeah. so we tried different models um, but it just felt that uh, we're just targeting the wrong segment right 
um and at during that time of course uh, we had worked with uh, most of the leagues and that were happening in some of the facilities so like okay why don't we focus on more on facilities since the business is um around the year you've built it literally mm-hmm. so you have to run it and um, you know at the end of the day everything is happening on these facilities right whether it's events um, leagues or uh, coaching mm-hmm. and they have to rent out the uh, space also so the whole booking uh, the the venue so thing sort of came in so we're like okay uh, let's uh, we then um, after that we scrapped that again mm-hmm. next year <laughs> and uh, started building a third product uh, which was more focused on okay uh, how do we <coughs> help a facility uh, more who uh, uh, like a sports club who have multiple facilities and stuff um and, you know help them with renting out their courts or uh, uh, events or coaching right whatever so we started there started building a third product and this was sort of uh, uh, during while we were building we i interacted with a lot of businesses locally mm-hmm. one thing we really learned is we like okay we just uh, we are just targeting the wrong geography right so mm-hmm. uh, because the expectation at that point was more of a service not of a software right so while initially our intention was uh, you know to really uh, learn from the businesses so i would actually go and uh sit uh, spend uh, the full day at one of these facilities work from there to understand how they operate right mm-hmm. uh, to build in uh, those workflows and stuff for them but i think uh, the problem was they started taking it as a service and because it was early while we were building we couldn't charge them right mm-hmm. so uh, so it ended up becoming a free service Mm-hmm. and uh, so we're like okay and and the expectation everybody had was a very custom uh, solution mm-hmm. so it felt like okay we will not be able to uh, really build uh, i mean our our, um, our vision was always to build a global product right mm-hmm. and we we always you know uh, since since i started uh, you know i've been going to all these uh, local events startup events and in the ecosystem right and the mm-hmm. gam that you get is all of uh, at that point at least everybody was talking about was uh, you know go with your local market first and then expand from there you know mm-hmm. but uh, what i realized as a saas solution if you try and do that you end up building a local product yeah. right and 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 that's where we started feeling it where like okay it doesn't feel like we if you work with this customer base we're going to build anything which can scale globally and that was the point where we we thought okay let's just change the way we are thinking uh, why aren't we going global it's been you know this is our third product mm-hmm. and okay we have if we have to spend next 5 10 years of our life doing this why don't we just go global first right why don't we flip it mm. we we got got set up done in us um, uh, set up the company there and uh, we we started uh, again uh, rebuilding the platform a little and uh, from day one we i mean we started with the thing where we knew we felt like it is a global problem mm-hmm. right um, but we didn't have a validation so we like okay if if it is a problem hopefully people will be searching for the solution mm-hmm. right um uh, i mean our our biggest uh, 
thing that we had to do was to be found if they're looking for a solution. Mm-hmm. So we focused on at least getting it out there, a little bit of content, a website, and uh, uh, doing basic SEO. And uh, thankfully, we started getting leads where uh, customers from across the world were uh, at least talking to us, right? And mm-hmm. that gave us a platform to really, really build a global product. How, how did you think about SEO at that point of time? Like, uh, how did you optimize? Uh, were there any techniques that you guys followed uh, so that you, you know, you become more searchable? Because, I mean, even today, like, SEO is a tough thing. And... Yeah, I think, honestly, we did the basic stuff at that point. We, uh, you know... <laughs> uh, uh, so well, luckily, we 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 uh, launched our uh, website on Webflow, which takes care of your basics, right? Yeah. Absolutely. Basics. So it's structured well, <clears throat> and then it's all about content. Mm-hmm. And 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 this is a time when, you know, it was literally I think in last uh, SEO, I would say has become a lot easier mm-hmm. than it was ten years back, because. It, you know, earlier it was more about these tagging and all that. It's still there, but it, it's, you know, search engines have become smarter in a way where now it's more about your content as of, as long as, and their tools, which do the basics, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's all about the content. You build quality content, uh, you will get, uh, you know, uh, some traffic with that. So, of course, if you have to really nail it down, you have to go deep. Yeah. But some leads it doesn't take a lot yeah, yeah. Uh, and 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 that's that's the position where we were uh, this was uh, 2015 so we sort of took um, um, we had now had uh, customers uh, signing up from different uh, geographies and talking to us we we're getting on calls uh, and really taking a lot of feedback uh, interestingly from day one we at least had like a, a beta ready right before mm. we went so for us, there was a starting point, which was our thought process on the solution. But then uh, that also gave us a learning from what are their actual problems, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, from day one, we had some pricing up. So we knew people we were talking to are genuine buyers. So they're not just coming here uh, for getting a free solution, right? Which we were used to earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that really, I think, gave, gave us a platform and it changed the way we built the product, right? And it was literally uh, built with uh, these customers, right? Um, and 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 that um, with that 2015 uh, to 2016 was this period where we were building the platform, uh, working with these businesses, uh, whoever was coming in. Um, one of the things that we learned during that time was. Um, uh, because it was inbound, right? We didn't really have control over targeting, right? While we started with sports facilities, we were getting all kinds of businesses who were signing up, mm. right? Uh, across segments. And I think uh, sometime mid-2016 is where we, we started looking at it very differently. Uh, because, uh, you know, LinkMess, with LinkMess Sport, we are obviously getting customers from sports, but there are a lot of fitness businesses who are signing up. And they were using the platform. And for us, it just felt off, right? Because our name also doesn't even look like you're for fitness, right? Or for wellness or some other um, uh, services. And that's that's uh, where Omnify sort of 
came uh, into being um our whole thought process shifted uh, we looked at our uh, you know we did an exercise where we looked at all our customers who had signed up mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know uh, not just customers but prospects as well who signed up probably didn't use the product but they were uh, looking for the solution and um, <clears throat> what they were looking for mm-hmm. and what we realized was uh you know fundamentally uh you know same thing that we now really operate on uh with omnify is um, you know fundamentally they all need these core things the scheduling the selling the services and the communication right these are three core things and then their workflows use cases yeah so um and we could see patterns uh like i said uh, you know two different businesses operating very similarly while two similar category businesses operating differently so it was more use case driven and we could see that these are untapped categories or these are like uh, categories where there's no software available for them or the ones that are available are, are legacy right so we could see that okay there's a lot of opportunity across these um, you know 50 100 segments um and all of them uh can use our platform and we had customers from across multiple segments using our platform uh successfully so like okay so let's uh, i think we can build a, a horizontalish platform not truly horizontal but at least one one uh, you know multiple categories because we didn't know how to categorize them right at the end of the day a software uh you know you build a software for a category and that's how you create a category right mm-hmm. but for us we could see there's a wide enough category of uh, these uh, multiple segments um that we can go after and uh, and and that's where sort of uh, our pivot to omnify happened we rebranded everything and we changed the approach on how we were uh, a little bit on how we built software right so now everything every feature request will will look at uh, you know how do we scale it across multiple use cases mm. right how do we so while it made our job a more difficult uh, from a product point of view right uh, uh, we also knew that this is and and you know this is one of the pro- the problem that we're solving is large enough for us to build uh, you know for longer term Mm-hmm. And, and and truly that uh, you know the whole vision of uh, shopify for services yeah i mean to to me when i first encountered omnify it was surprising because i thought a booking and communication problem was already solved right but when i did, did a little bit more research and then i realized that all the approaches were like okay we, we give you the out, out of the box software just like wordpress and you can de- technically do it but no one is giving you the most simplest form of solution that would work for my use case i think that's where at least as an outsider i see where omnify succeeded as a product right and and i think today also it looks the same from outside you'll see it felt feels like a cluttered category where there are like hundreds of scheduling applications right or appointment booking applications but uh but honestly that only does one part of the job like like and, and you know it doesn't even do the whole uh, justice to scheduling because as a business if you're talking to for example if you take take uh, i mean probably the most complex use cases would be with a rec center right 
you have facility rental which operates absolutely differently than group classes or events or uh, personal appointments right each one needs a different solution literally right yep and you would have to today if if uh, if it is not omnify you would literally have to take multiple solutions to get this on the one hood right and this is just scheduling right now so what we realize is scheduling is where you need uh, some some of them have simpler scheduling needs some of them have these complex need, multiple scheduling needs mm-hmm. but all of that needs to be under one platform if we have to help them sell all of this together yeah right and then when you sell uh you know most services are recurring in nature right so you you sell these services online either um as a uh, you know a single uh, session or you you will be selling it as a package or a subscription or a membership mm-hmm. right and 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 so that's that's more of uh, you know the goal was how do we productize the whole experience of selling services right uh, Uh, because um, one thing you know at the end of the day one thing that has helped uh, helped product e-commerce really thrive is the standardization on how you sell mm-hmm. right and maybe uh, the marketplaces like amazon brought that standardization where all you had to do was make sure uh, you follow a similar practice on selling right you invent everything and again it was uh, preceded by all these detailers right so yeah. uh, if you're selling products it literally it doesn't matter what product are you selling right because it's all sold in a same way inventory management is the same shipping everything is more or less same yeah standard right uh, for services it was it, it's still very complex right and that's what we are really trying to do is how do we standardize uh, a, s- a similar thing for services uh, uh, segment and uh, obviously it becomes a lot more complex with scheduling mm-hmm. right um, uh and and help help productize the whole selling experience for services um and 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 really help these businesses automate a lot of it uh you know going forward right so how you sell and then how you manage your business if you are able to bring in this automation i mean anyways if you if you put a digital interface uh you know half of more than half of your day to day job is gone because customers are uh, you know basically self managing their mm-hmm. own accounts their own requests right but, uh, most of these businesses end up spending a majority of their time in customer requests yep. right or or interfacing which literally saves you that time and resources to focus on something else and then once you have scheduling selling communication all in one platform you can automate a lot right and that's yeah. where you know we are uh, evolving to to bring in a lot more uh, automation into the business as well yeah one of the things you touched upon is uh, you know that giving back time to the customer like whenever i evaluate any business or any idea the simplest way to look at it is how much time can you give back to your customer like for example amazon right what amazon does is it gives back customer their time it 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 is literally that right you don't have to go to the shop you don't have to uh you know spend time on worrying about shipping it just works and it gives back customer all his time if you put any idea in this format you can basically see what the value add is and yeah i mean that's a that's that's a great way to look at it i i always looked at it on saving time but giving time back seems better <laughs> yeah because time is money right i mean you can't get more 
uh, you can get everything but not time uh, so uh, i want to talk about uh, your current customer exposure right you have now talked about okay the india model is not working and you've shifted to uh, you know serving customers globally and what is a what is your current customer uh, yeah you know diversity like is it primarily us based or uh, where are your customers right now coming from um hmm. uh, our customers today are spread across over 1300 countries um but majority of our customer bases uh, in in uh, north america so um that also uh, Uh, while I, i would say it was uh, us would al- always uh, account for over 40% of our customer base mm-hmm. now it would be close to about 80 got it is that because of the pandemic uh yes it did uh, so 40 to 50% would be an average of before that and uh, now it is um, 2020 changed that um, and uh, because we i think 2020 we had to go through a whole new uh, survival <laughs> uh, uh, you know it's like the whole year started with a, a survival mode on and figuring out uh, uh, you know how do we work with businesses uh, as majority of our businesses were very uh, uh, customer uh, you know it all was customer interaction right mm-hmm. our customers everyone uh, was in sports fitness activity recreation anything you pick up ever shut down mm-hmm. right and uh, uh, a small segment uh, uh, you know could go online but it was still hard right so for her, us we had to really look at uh, how do we survive <clears throat> so uh, and that way is i think uh, our uh, because we uh, tied up with a partner where we found we sort of um, picked up a new solution in the sense uh, uh, from uh, what how omnify is used um, that helped us uh, survive also but at the same time um, a grow we 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 also had a uh, good growth uh, in 2020 and this was uh, sort of uh, Uh, majorly in us so that's why the shift uh, sort of happened in um, the geography so uh, initially during the start of the pandemic you had a big dip and then uh, as business started coming back on then now you see a new demand um actually uh, that was that's a natural cycle but that's a slower cycle right we mm. we wouldn't have that would have been a, a lot longer dip Uh, if we would wait for demand to come back, and mm-hmm. especially with the uncertainty, right? So we 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 we've been uh, you know uh, we've been at least twenty nineteen to twenty was a lot of bootstrapping, right? So we're literally um, uh, you know making payroll uh, every month, right? Just just about making payroll every month, and uh, and on top of that, so we didn't have any reserves, and on top of that. Uh, you know if your all your customers start uh, churning or uh, you know pausing their subscriptions because their business is shut down what do you do mm-hmm. right? and and we couldn't have survived for like if most of the businesses actually took about 5 to 6 months to start coming back online 
mm-hmm. right uh, opening up or reopening started in august september yeah right? so uh, from march so we wouldn't have survived that so we we um, so we in fact um, you know we kicked off uh, uh, the april quarter last year uh, with with a theme of uh, fight to survive uh, with our, our team mm-hmm. and um, internally also we we did like a hackathon ideathon actually uh, to sort of bring in ideas from uh, the whole team to figure out how do we survive right how do we what do we do uh, the good part was we had a product solution which is super flexible right mm-hmm. <clears throat> we had worked with multiple categories and we couldn't we knew that we for us a pivot uh, would have uh, will be easy because we didn't have we don't have to change a lot in our platform right that's the if we were very category focused right and that category shuts down your business doesn't work for others right so all saas products which were say for hospitality for example right uh, were were really uh, uh, they took the hit um, for us because we had multiple segments so for us the first thing we did was integrated uh, deeper with zoom to make sure that all our fitness businesses can uh, or anybody who is able to deliver their services online can continue right to do so for their customers so they can they can stay afloat uh, while uh, their businesses uh, you know physical locations are shut yeah one of the things uh, i mean uh, omnify does and the trend i'm very excited about is that this idea of building from india to the you know global audience uh, if you compare that to like for example in the 90s we had a big labor arbitrage right we have the infosys tcs and everyone else uh, you know uh, being outsourced uh, uh, i mean the us companies were outsourcing la- essentially the labor to india and the advantage was on the people who were doing the outsourcing and now it's sort of like reversed right uh, i mean i'm seeing a new trend of saas companies especially which are thinking about you know creating products globally so the complete advantage or the arbitrage is towards the indian founders and sort of called the product arbitrage is towards the indian founders so th- that is very exciting to see and i'm glad uh, you know omnify survived the pandemic and in fact also uh, from what you're saying is it's also thriving uh right. once this uh, you know we got back to a little bit normalcy from a perspective of uh, building uh, for the world i think uh, there are only few things that you need you you need uh, to understand how acquisition channels work right and and it really doesn't matter where you're sitting right in fact if we were if a whole team uh, so a majority of our team is in bangalore right so if a whole team was sitting uh, in silicon valley will be doing exactly the same thing right so mm-hmm. that's that's the thing where because we sell online uh, and especially to smbs right if you're in enterprise it's a different game right but if you're doing smbs uh, saas then i mean it really doesn't matter where you're from because you sell uh, uh, you know everything is online right you it's very marketing driven and uh, sales all side uh, also is more or less uh, inside sales from day one we focused on automation internally right so uh, you know uh, till now we have no uh, we don't have a full time administrator in our company right we don't have anybody to look at uh, uh, you know 
say um, uh, invoicing right i mean Because internet in general is like egalitarian right i mean with pandemic yeah. we have basically went again probably a decade ahead of ourselves and everyone will look at a product as a product they'll not look at it as an indian product i mean i just want a booking solution i can use omnify it doesn't matter if it right. isn't from india or us if it the pro- if the product works it works exactly so uh, so yeah so the competition really honestly it, uh, for from that perspective it doesn't matter you have pros and cons uh, for both um, india definitely gives you longer runway right for which uh, we had those uh, that that early on for us to survive so long and keep pivoting right because it um, you know because of the cost of living wasn't high enough for us to sort of uh, we can survive uh, uh, you know uh, for a longer time uh, that i think which is more uh, important uh, during the early stages right so that also helps are there any specific challenges in terms of customer support that you have to uh, you know you learned across the way like i mean i remember getting calls from uh, you know from omnify sales team i mentioned that with you in our, one of our previous conversations like did you adapt uh, you know because since you have a global customers did you have to do anything special in terms of customer support and sales um honestly not a lot one thing we had to do was uh, deliver see uh, when you're selling to when you're selling a software at uh 49 to 200 kind of price range right nobody expects support right especially if you're selling in uh, us they don't ex- i mean uh, customers most of the customers don't even expect to have a human uh giving you support right uh, and and so what we did was and definitely their intercom helped right so we we've been using intercom for long enough uh and probably uh, you know uh probably the most amount of money we pay for any software right uh, that is because we had a, a this real time uh, uh line open uh for communication with our customers right uh, whether you're uh, and this was standard across all our customers it doesn't matter how much you're paying us you will have uh uh you know avail you you'll have this real time chat support available anytime right so that is so one thing we had to do was to make sure how do we deliver this at scale i won't call it scale but uh, you know with limited resources that we have right with just a few people very we still have a very small uh you know uh, support uh, customer success team uh but the good part is a lot of it is asynchronous right so asynchronous you can handle a lot more and honestly uh, i really believe uh, best of the products don't i mean you if you're able to get to that point where you don't need customers don't need enough support then you've re- really uh, done your job uh, from the product perspective right but it takes time to get there the whole company operates as customer success right making sure our customers are going through that uh, and we are we are solving problems and learning from it uh, getting it into product right some of them we we solve uh, with solutioning some of that is more of a qna some of that is more of uh, technical challenges slightly shifting gears right uh, you you've uh, raised a couple of uh, 
you know, you've raised funds uh, for Omnify a couple of times. Like, how was your funding experience uh, like? And, you know, what do you see the pros and cons of, you know, current funding ecosystem in general? Um, yeah, so I think we raised our first round uh, early 2017. Uh, we started, I think, late 2016, just after we uh, pivoted to Omnify, right? And, and I think that really helped crystallize our vision, what we want to do with the company. Um, from an angel perspective, uh, we're lucky to get uh, some of the best angels uh, in the country to join early on. Uh, it definitely helped us uh, um, uh, along the way. Uh, we've made some uh, mistakes also uh, where we uh, sort of... Uh, I mean, one thing we did was uh, we raised a smaller round. First round we raised, I think, was about 150K. Uh, and we, one of the, I mean, for us, we we are probably one of the first few companies, uh, you know, uh, who's, we, who at that point, uh, you know, sitting in India, we raised from India, but we were raising, uh, obviously, in the US. Uh, we didn't have a network there. So uh, it just made sense to, uh, raised from uh, you know India itself, but mm-hmm. um, we raised uh, probably the first few companies to do a safe uh, round, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and that was because I uh, you know since we started the company, one thing we didn't want to experiment was on uh, the company model, right? It's uh, we tried to keep it very standard, right? Uh, Delaware C Corp, uh, make sure that we are doing things right from day one where uh, when we have to raise funds, when we have to, uh, you know, uh, you know, at any point, uh, whatever com- stuff we have to do with the company, we it shouldn't come out as an anomaly, right? So we standardize that part. Like, okay, let, let's keep all the innovation for the product. <laughs> let's not innovation on our, uh, you know, uh, company uh, setup and all that. Yeah, uh, and- I, I, that, to that point, I mean, start, generally successful startups are rule breakers, but you can't keep on breaking all the rules. <laughs> yes, exactly. I mean, I, so th- that's where, you know, you learn from others' mistakes and try and uh, see what what uh, is, uh, uh, you know, acceptable there. And, and we sort of tried to keep it to that. But, uh, you know, for us, we always looked at ourselves as a uh, US company, right? The only thing is... Uh, our team is sitting in India, right? Um, so for us, uh, we cannot, uh, I didn't want to, when we are raising our, even our first round, I wanted to make sure that our valuations are okay, right? Because there, there's a big disparity in valuations for sure. Expectation on valuation, right? If, if, a, if you raise a, 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 your first round in US, uh, you know, the valuation uh, there versus in India would be at least three to four X, right? Mm-hmm. And and at zero revenue there, right? Uh, the expectation here is by the time you raise your angel round also, you're you know, doing uh, revenue or you have good traction and all that, right? Which again, in there, I mean, it, it might be uh, regardless, it might be comparative elsewhere as well. But but still, you know, so uh, I wanted to stand keep that standard. And uh, the other part was we wanted to filter out and only get people on board who understand our business, right? Because then uh, if you get angels who do not understand the complexity of what you're building, right? For us, what it means is long cycle. We're going after long tail, 
right? If you don't understand what it means to build a global business, a SaaS business for SMB, it'll take, you need to have patience, you know, a lot of these things, which then becomes a problem later, right? So that was one thing that we wanted to filter. And uh, we did a safe round uh, as both to make sure it's standard as a US company. And uh, it's a filter for everybody who uh, do not, who's not okay with the safe round, right? So then you don't, uh, I mean, um, so it didn't fit into our ideal investor profile. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and since then we've mostly raised on safe. Uh, I mean, we were only raised on safe uh, until now. Um, so the goal was until we do our venture round, it doesn't make sense to do, uh, you know, a price round before that. So we just made sure that uh, obviously our cap kept increasing over the years. What, what is your view on, uh, you know, I mean, I think there's, there's been a recent, uh, you know, argument about Indian companies registering outside India. What is your take on that? Because you are registered in Delaware and obviously there are, you know, pros and cons for it. But I, I want to know, like, what is your take of, uh, you know, whether or not uh, to be registered outside of in India? Um so I think from one thing I believed is be where your customers are, right? Unfortunately, we don't have the resources to be in US, right? Otherwise, uh, so from, so it's like uh, uh, mentally, spiritually, we are there, uh, physically, we're there, right? So um, as a company, uh, you know, if you're selling, uh, obviously US, like I said, has been our biggest market and then we cannot, we, we sell across 30 countries, so we cannot be registered in 30 countries. So we have to choose one, right? Um, so, uh, you know, of course, US meant uh, like the obvious choice because everybody's comfortable buying from a US company across the world. Uh, so that definitely helps. Uh, with that, also as you're building technology, right? Your 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 IP protection, the way it is in the US, uh, you know, compared to India, is obviously different, right? Um, tomorrow, uh, and and then uh, the whole uh, business environment and regulations come into the picture, where uh, you know I, I've actually seen this around me, where uh, you know a few of my peers uh, sold to US companies, and they had a fantastic. Uh, experience on the transition, right? When they actually sell. And uh, I've also had uh, some of my friends who sold to Indian companies and they've literally struggled even after uh, eight to 10 months, they're still struggling to figure out and get money in the bank, right? Uh, even paperwork is not uh, 100% done. So while uh, the same process in US will be done in three, uh, you know, two to three months, right? So, so overall, it felt like everything uh, regulations, uh, you know, holds you back again there. And uh, eventually we know as a company, uh, today we sell in the U S right. So we, it's, uh, it's, it's, it makes sense to have the company there. Uh, so we're building IP that is well protected there. Uh, and then third is your, um, uh, if we have to exit, it will be in the U S, uh, whether, I mean, it's more likely to be in the U.S. Uh, even if it's not in the U.S., uh, it you know, even if we sell or you know, best case scenario go IPO will be mostly in the U.S. If not, then uh, even if it's outside U.S., it's easier to do that with the U.S. company. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, since you touched upon you know at the exit event i i i want to talk about your you know the next vision of omnify so what what is the next 2 3 years or maybe 5 to 6 years for omnify's looks at and what are you thinking about you know product extension or where do you see omnify going overall yeah yeah absolutely happy to share on that so i think a um, baseline vision is the same um uh, you know building a parallel to what shopify has done for product e-commerce um what we really want to do and and that's where the whole service e-commerce bit comes in right where um, it it's more or less uh, um you know it's it's a it's a new we look at it as a new category that we are creating right uh, while people talk about um, you know a lot of uh, like you said the booking software is appointment software there's everything that we do today is sort of out there but the way you position structure from uh, your thought process how you market it how you position it how you bundle it and how you build the product right uh, across is uh, matters a lot so our and that's where you know everything sort of has to align with the vision right so uh, if you're building an integrated experience right for uh, a, a small business to be able to sell any service online um set up in minutes go online um and automate majority of your, your business and we become the digital interface uh, i mean for a, a simplest way to look at it is uh, we are the buy button for the service economy right if you're mm-hmm. able to build that uh, uh and 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 the digital interface for mil- millions of businesses is what our vision is right where uh, uh, um, their customer experience uh, runs on us while they have the freedom uh, to uh, build that experience right uh, so we bring in enough standardization across the whole s- how services are sold and uh, the workflows at the same time uh, considering uh, each one has their own way to run the business right mm-hmm. so the software should adapt to their business um so so it's a uh, we fe- we feel we might have taken uh, a bigger challenge uh, you know uh, on on us uh, you know uh, to build as a company right like it's definitely easier to pick up a segment go after that build the product uh, it's easier to build the product and sell in one segment Mm-hmm. but when we uh, go across segments is harder but that that's one of the thing that uh, we made always made hard choices uh, for uh, longer term mm-hmm. right uh, in short term it looks hard but in long term when you look back and you say i'm glad i made that choice mm-hmm. right so for us um, you know that that that's one of the key reason why we we sort of uh, that vision sort of keeps everyone aligned right so uh, building for these multiple segments so uh, while there there is uh, i mean at the same time when we build the product we all look at everything right we make sure that it's aligned to our vision but our go to market can keep changing right mm-hmm. at every different point of time uh, you get uh, you're able to get uh, momentum in some segments and and you go after that segment right but that doesn't mean that you ignore everything else right so you the platform is still 
has to evolve towards division while a go to market can keep uh, it's more of packaging on top of the platform that can be changing as go to market uh, and and we are selling yeah i i think one of the sectors i'm hugely bullish in next couple of years is the passion economy slash creator economy right everyone is sort of becoming their own creator and uh, yeah. i mean an Om- uh, omnify sort of product is really about empowering anyone to be creator or you know service provider and i see a real potential in the sector itself and the sector itself has been like this year even in the pandemic it showed how little the internet adoption is still is right there's a, there's still a long way to go in terms of adoption of products and unbundling these services and providing specific services for specific right. service providers right absolutely i think uh, we were just at we're just starting there right because now there's enough validation that uh, enough people can do it right anybody but still it's it's a small a blip when you compare to how what is the potential right the, the how many people the the whole like i said the the generally good trends uh, whether you look at micro entrepreneurship creator economy mm-hmm. or you look at um, digitization in businesses so to the 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 good part is that uh, while we do have a lot of businesses who are transforming from offline to online how they operate and all that right the new ones that are starting start digital first yeah. right and that's where a huge opportunity is there of course there's a big opportunity in transformation also mm-hmm. uh, but that that's a little harder because you have to change a lot right changing behavior changing that it, it takes a little time right yeah so, I, i absolutely agree uh, so we i mean uh, it's fantastic to know about you know what omnify is doing and we're sort of end of our conversation oh I want to know what, what sort of you know uh, content that you consume. Like, what are the books, podcasts, or uh, even who are the personalities that you're following, or you you know idealize and where you get your sort of inspiration from? Right. So, um, the podcast I would definitely recommend is the Startup Project. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Uh, but I think. Um, I would say the biggest source for all my content is Twitter. right mm-hmm. uh, because um it's more discovery right it's not uh, just about uh, following uh, you know while so i honestly i uh, i used to read books along back i've just started again so uh, reading uh, psychology of money and uh, you know got a few more in in my pipeline mm-hmm. but this is one thing that i definitely would recommend maybe it's just the phase that i am in uh, this is know, morgan hausel's psychology of money yeah yeah so it's just uh, amazing and more more uh, i mean it just changes or maybe aligns how you think hmm. about uh, making decisions right uh, um, but uh, regardless uh, majority of my reading is online uh, short blogs to um, you know like i said twitter is my main source of uh, content uh, i i mean i don't even know how many people i follow right and so a lot of that is discovery so it's not just few people that 
uh, write and I read about that. But uh, so I read about, obviously there are a few people in there who would write about SaaS, like Thomas Tungus has amazing uh, short blogs, uh, you know, quick to read anytime, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and some of the, uh, um, they're, they're good podcasts uh, from, so, you know, Intercom does good podcasts, right? They're inside Intercom. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, so that's good for more from a functional learning and, and discuss, you know, just, just uh, to make sure that you're thinking about these functions differently. Um, beyond that, I think it's been um, all over the place. Uh, there a lot of, you uh, good content uh, a lot of these uh, vc firms are, are churning out on on business right so i i read through uh, i mean whatever i can anybody in my network on twitter uh, you know shares learn anything that you know i find interesting that's my morning reading material right or for next next day yeah uh, so but it's very streamlined from that perspective yeah, I mean, Twitter is a serendipity machine. I mean, you don't know what you'll find, but you can definitely yeah. find some gold mine in that. And now, now there's there's literally uh, you don't even have to read blogs. Everybody is summarizing blogs into storms. So you just go through a tweet storm. It's and, and a lot of time, what I've realized is reading is probably well for at least for me best way to channelize my thought process. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I read something about a topic now, so it triggers a different kind of brainstorm for me to think about how we are doing things, right? Uh, so it's, it's a great way, uh, you know, for me to sort of look at uh, whenever I'm, I'm working on anything more creative or more strategy. It's definitely, you know, I start with reading, right? So just pick up uh, any anything I might have saved from uh, uh, previous uh, what I've read or uh, anything that I'm probably thinking about right now and uh, you just discover on Twitter somebody talking about it like oh I want to read that mm-hmm. so <laughs> definitely helps uh, uh, you consolidate your thoughts more and then then you know you end up starting with a tweet storm there'll be a link to a blog you go to that you like what they're talking about and then there'll be a follow-up other blogs that they write about right so there's a lot of discovery bit uh, through that mm-hmm. um, process uh, so is it, you know for for me my reading has been very very fluid at that pace yeah uh, i mean yeah, thank, thanks for those recommendations. Uh, and this has been a great conversation, Manik. And uh, thanks for uh, being on the show. Thanks, Natraj. Uh, absolute uh, pleasure uh, to be here, uh, being uh, part of uh, your journey as well. And, uh, you know, being part of the startup project. Thank you.